Yeah, cheers. But this is really sour. <laughs> well, it is, it is a sour beer. What so is it, what's it called? Siren Pommel 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 Morcello. It's a sour grapefruit IPA because hipster nonsense. Yeah. You're listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast about music hosted by myself, Rich Newnham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon. Welcome again to I Might Be Wrong. I am here once again with Mr. Henry Salmon. Hello. And I am Rich Newnham. We are recording at Henry's, and to celebrate the occasion, uh, Henry is picking today's album. Yeah, I, I picked today's album, though I think Rich would probably lay claim to, to this artist in terms of which one of us should get to talk about him. So I'm going to smugly say I've got Sufjan Stevens and not him. The album I'm choosing is, well, actually, we. I, I'm going to go out there just again because of personal preferences. And I'm going to say Illinois. Ah, interesting. Because I've got two other albums that I think are better than Illinois. But you jumped me with this one and, and snuck in, like you say, and, and stole this artist from me. And I said Illinois because one of the tracks um, is Come On, Feel Illinois. Obviously, it's Illinois. Um, so I'm not, it's not that I don't understand how to pronounce American states. Um, so I keep saying Illinois, but actually, it's Illinois. The so. album is called Illinois, though, isn't it? It's, no, it's, it's not. Called, it's Illinois. Is it Illinois? Yeah. No, no, it's not. If you look at it on the actual thing, it's got an E on the end. It's oh, just that so Spotify have. Named it incorrectly. There we go. So, they're idiots. Yeah, Muppets. So anyway, what do they know? <laughs> you are correct. Yes, it is Illinois. So I'll, t- I'll take that. Yes. So I'm going to say that one, even though Carrie and Lowell's probably the best album he's written. Carrie and Lowell is spectacular. But we'll as come a, back to as that. A quiet, <laughs> as a quiet, underspoken album, it's, it's um, unbelievable. Um, I, I would say we'll probably talk less about Carrie and Lowell and Seven Swans on these, because those would be my difficult to pick from two choices yep. and so we'll probably do a separate podcast on that at some point in the future yeah well let's see I how we go. I want to talk about him <laughs> yeah so um back to the main man so he's uh he was born in Detroit in Michigan he's part Lithuanian part Greek and he's basically been a musician all his life so he's he, he picked up he's a multi-instrumentalist he plays Things like the banjo, which um, and has made them made them great again. Um, <laughs> Make the banjo great again. Well, yeah, exactly. You've run for um, a presidency <clears throat> on that on that slogan. And he's kind of slowly crept up on the the music world. It, it, from from what I can what I've read about him, he was he was still working at Time Warner when he had released Michigan and Seven. So he was touring Seven Swans, and he still had a full time job. Right. So he's clearly if he's talented enough to record a couple of albums tour hold down a job and then i think someone said come on buddy off you go you need, you need to like really take this full time the thing is he's he's one of those he's one of those artists that will probably never be truly huge his sound is he, so he's he's a bit simon and garfunkel i guess if you mm. want to compare him to yeah, a, a, good a historic artist he very much like acoustic guitars and ukuleles and banjos and things like that, but softly sung, softly spoken, but with huge emotional 
energy and, and a huge amount of passion in that, even though it's quiet, it's 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 really loud. Yeah. Well, we we first came across them, well, you beat me to it because you got a free copy of Seven Swans, didn't I you? I did. I was working, working. I was writing for the student music section of the student newspaper at Bristol. I think it was my final year that it came out. Seven Swans was available. No one had heard of this guy. No one really wanted it. I was like, yeah, sure, you know, well, fine, I'll take it and, and write it out. I've never heard of the guy. And and listened to it and was, was like, oh, this is really, really, really lovely. Yeah. And then I think, because I, we were living together a final year of uni, we, we lived, three of us, in a flat with, with our mate Cy. And uh, and I played I played it to you, and I think you you at that point were like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. But I don't know that you really listened to it that much. No. I think Illinois was was when you started picking up, right? Yeah. So so I ended up yeah I started really with with Illinois, and I'm not qu- quite sure how I found it, but I definitely bought the CD of it. And and if you just if you start reading the um, the the back of the the CD, the track listings. The, the, just the words are bonkers. I mean, you've got track two, and I'm going to quote it in full. The Black Hawk War, or how to demolish an entire civilization and still feel good about yourself in the morning. Or, we apologise for the inconvenience, but you're going to have to leave now. Or, I have fought the big knives and will continue to fight them until they are off our lands. Um, and so, this is this is him talking about, about Illinois. The, the state and and he recorded this as a follow up to Michigan, which is his kind of first album about the states. And well, he this had was, this thing at the time, didn't he, where he was going to write a different album for every state. It was fifty state projects. Yeah, and which I don't know he's got any further in Illinois, has he? He hasn't. So, and even when he recorded this one, he was he was deadly serious. And and I reckon he's probably got in his back pocket quite a few other songs about other states floating around. It's a bit like the magnetic fields with sixty nine love songs. He's like, I am literally going to write, I'm literally going to write sixty nine songs about about love. Magnetic yeah. fields are another band who we will probably talk about later. But <laughs> so this this album is it's funny because it's kind of folk, but he brings in huge amounts of strings and kind of lush instrumentation, which is sonically wonderful. And and I was I was going to start looking at the um, well try to pick a song from the um, from the back catalogue, but then they're, they're all such a long the, the the titles are so long. I think the obvious one is Chicago, which is yeah. the single that he released. Chicago's uh, it's probably if you if you know of him, you would have heard the song. And I think they've taken the instrumental version and used it a lot on TV. You see it quite a bit. You see it in films too, and. That's probably the first, the first mainstream track of his. Well, I think he's he's one of those artists that, because it's quiet and acoustic guitar-y and things like that, it's very easy to put onto a film soundtrack. And so I think people like it from that perspective, or commercially they like it from that perspective. What's interesting is that while it is quiet and understated and easy listening from that perspective, there's so many layers to it in terms of the the, the lyrics that he has on his songs. And, and you talk about the fact that this is clearly kind of a reference to the Native Americans being driven off the land. He's got a lot to say about history and things like that that mm. are 
the people that are commissioning TV shows don't necessarily understand the the yeah. the, 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 the yeah. other stuff that surrounds what he's what he's written. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a song about John Wayne Gacy Jr., who's a serial killer in Chicago, and he sings, and and that's actually creepy. If you listen to the way he sings it, he sings it in this kind of gentle falsetto, yeah. and it and it is actually this is a bit this is pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. And then and then he'll jump straight into into Chicago. Then so. Yeah, it, it's it's an album with many tracks. I think there there must be. I mean, there's there's probably over over twenty. So why why is it the best? Why is it your pick out of all of his work? Mm, uh, because it's while Carrie and Lowell is such a brilliant album in itself. Illinois is much more expansive, um, and I just like that. I just like the ambition, and also. It's the second in the 50s, 80s project. And when you listen to it, it's like, yeah, this guy's going to write about all of America and do everything and, <laughs> and tell us stories. And over um, the years. Like I can imagine he's what? He must be in his mid-30s now, maybe late 30s. And, yeah. and you can imagine him being Johnny Cash-like and still be doing this <clears> until <throat> a year before he dies. Yeah, but he just... I, I don't know where he gets this stuff from. There's a 19-second track on Illinois called The Conjunction of Drones Simulating the Way in Which Sufjan Stevens Has an Existential Crisis in the Great Godfrey Maze. And, you just, <laughs> and I don't know. He's, he's Are we getting a bit it. pretentious now? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, no, that, that, yeah. He's, he's, really, um, he's but, really gone from it. But I think, I think... I mean, we talked about this with Arcade Fire and The National. This stuff is borderline pretentious and, and outright pretentious in places, but I still I don't think that makes it bad music. I don't think it makes it beyond what people would enjoy listening to because you don't have to go to that level of depth to enjoy the music. You can. It adds to the enjoyment of the music, but you don't need to. Yeah, and I, I think the the trouble is, I think from now he released he released Illinois, and then. There were a few albums in between. His Christmas album. The Christmas album, which I didn't quite get on with. But Carrie and Lowell is going to just sit there as his masterpiece almost. And and I I, I was in two minds as to whether to pick that one or this one. And I think if you listen to Carrie and Lowell, it's probably, it's pretty special. So Carrie and Lowell, for those who haven't listened to that album, is, it's an incredibly emotional work because a lot of it is talking about his, his mother and his mother's relationship so Carrie, his mother's relationship with Lowell, who was, I don't think was his dad, I think it was his stepdad. stepdad. Yeah. And she, I think she committed suicide, didn't she? I think that's just one of the stories in, in the in the album, or at least she was very sick at one point. And so a lot of the dealing with the emotion around his mother's death is, is a large chunk of that album, but yeah. also this kind of bittersweet childhood memories and, and all of that stuff that's in there. And it's, I, I saw him at End of the Road Festival a few years ago and it's probably one of the finest sets I've seen at that festival and one of my favourite live sets that I've seen. The emotion in there, he was borderline in tears at one point singing. Yeah. It, it was un- unbelievable. Well, it opens with Death With Dignity and you've got that, that lyric, tired old mare with the wind in your hair and it's like, I don't know what it is about that that line but it's quite evocative and, uh, oh, and it just carries on it, it, it doesn't really have a have a weak point and it's it's again it's very quiet it's it's almost there's big empty gaps in there that somehow make it more emotional and make yeah. it more beautiful as as an album yeah 
we should talk about it more. I want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I want to actually have done some some more reading up on it because there's a lot of stuff that I've found out about it over the years and then not not remembered because my memory's terrible. Yeah. Because if you go back from from Illinois, Illinois, you get to Michigan and and it's it's one of those albums which is firstly the artwork's great, it's got kind of all these Michigan esque things on the front of it, but yeah. the the music as well is it's slightly more pared back and you can see this guy I mean you he hasn't had a chance to bring in all of the instruments he probably wants to I mean the guy's working a full-time job so yeah let's just go easy on him there and so you can see how he's gone from there and built up into 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 his Illinois album which which is just more it's more of a rounded rounded album so yeah he's and he's another one of the artists that I haven't seen live and um, really yeah so that's that hurts a bit <laughs> I don't think he's played lots of gigs over here I don't think he's I don't think he's one way you'd be like well he plays every other year why are you not why have you not taken advantage I think he's one that's I mean I think when I saw him at End of the Road that was the only live appearance he made in the UK that year yeah so it's it's not he's not a frequent flyer out to the UK yeah I didn't clearly like, that's, yeah. that's why he's recording all these albums because he never never tours he doesn't tour them <laughs> I didn't like his Christmas album. He's, I mean, it was alright. It's um, it's got some of the best Christmas songs ever made, but that doesn't. That's not a high bar. It's it's Christmas it's, songs are terrible, by the way. Hey, I tell you what though, I can. <laughs> so, Granddaddy did a song called "Alan Parsons in a Winter Wonderland," right? And it's not on Spotify. Oh really? Um, and it's I can't find a copy of it, but and I I must have got it. I must have stolen it off like. Some music. The, we never did that. We, it, we never ripped all of our music at university from from. Was it, was it Napster? Or was it, it wasn't. It was the thing after Napster. Theoretically, we could have got our music from. I can't remember what it's called now. But yeah, we, someone can someone steal a copy of Alan Parsons in a Winter Wonderland because I'd love to listen to it again. Yeah, um, if someone has that. Send it to us. Um, we but, promise not to report you to the police. But that's the best Christmas song I know of. But Sufjan Stevens' ones are a little bit more... They're a bit more serious. Yeah. And I think Christmas songs should have that element of, of fun. You want a silly Christmas song? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think... Uh, who did it best? Mariah Carey? She's right up there. <laughs> Seriously, we were mentioning Mariah Carey on an I Might Be Wrong podcast, but beat that. Girls Aloud did a good Christmas song as well, but we're, we're digressing dangerously into... Um, it's post-Christmas. And for anyone listening, it's way post-Christmas. Maybe we should do... a. Uh, Christmas special for Christmas 2020. Maybe. maybe, maybe we, we won't. Maybe we not. shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forget. The problem is that we'll record mid-November to get us through to the end of December, and then uh, and then we won't, we won't remember to do it. And we shouldn't. No. I don't. I don't think there's any Christmas songs that were influential on my tastes ever. I can't think. No. Of that. So any, any band that I can think of where I don't hate their Christmas songs, I already enjoyed their stuff. So like. Noddy Holder and, and that lot. We already know their stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't really need that Christmas song to be played to me seventeen times every December. Skip it. But the, the the point is he's he's quite prolific and he's got all of these little funny EPs and a kind of not quite albums floating around which uh haven't got the same exposure. Like there's the um <clears throat> the Age of Ads which I listened to once. And funnily enough, none of that really sticks. In the, and I'm not sure whether he was just having a bad day. Not an album I've really listened to. Um, I think I had a few listens and it just didn't grab me. 
So he, yeah, he's he's a funny one. And then he comes out with, and then if you said after all of his back catalogue, he was going to come up with Carrie and Noel, which is literally just an instrumental and his voice, you'd think, boring, and it's anything but. It's um, so good. But yeah, that so, album is so good. Yeah, I mean that's that's heading towards. Well, I was going to start talking about top fives and top tens, but <laughs> we, we've we've mentioned before on this podcast that if we start going into ranking and trying to put put a top ten together, it spirals dangerously out of control. No one wants to listen to that amount of podcast. No, no, that's, <laughs> we'll be going for hours. Yeah, you'll break the internet. So what what you're saying is you don't want to name. Favorite songs from Illinois because you you won't. Oh no, I could take do, you too I, long. Take you too long to list them all. No, no, no I could even do. If you I, only do two. I, I could do. I could do favorite songs from Illinois, um, and well, the the obvious one is Chicago. Yeah. So l- listen to that, and, and beyond that, um, beyond that, the the start's good. So if you go into the the, the first couple of songs, the Black Hawk War or Come and Feel the Illinois, that they're also. I really like that. They they just they get you right into the album very quickly. So start there, and then when you get bored and you get freaked out by the John Wayne Gacy stuff, then then jump. You got to love you got to love a band writing a song from the perspective of a serial killer. Nirvana yeah. Nirvana did one of those. It was one of my favourite songs, and then I listened to the lyrics a bit closer and was a bit freaked out. But it's still one of my favourite yeah. songs. So yeah, that's my my mention. Cool. Well, <laughs> we will definitely come back to Sophie and Stevens because I, I want to cover him in a, in in more depth for Carrie and Lowell and, and give people a, a better feeling for that album Sophie and Stevens he's excellent go and have a listen he's good thanks cheers thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong you've been listening to myself Rich Newnham and my co-host Mr Henry Salmon